Welcome to the Brisbane Broker Podcast, hosted by the Newstead Group. Each month, our brokers discuss the latest updates in the mortgage broking and finance industry to help our listeners better understand the scope of buying, investing, and refinancing property. A quick disclaimer, our podcast contains information that is general in nature, and we recommend seeking the guidance of a financial services professional to acquire financial advice. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Broker Podcast, where we discuss the ever-changing lending landscape with a generous side of banter. My name is Bobby, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty co-host and mortgage broker extraordinaire, Cade French. Cade, hey. how are you going? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Great. Uh, great to catch up for another episode today. Looking forward to it. Yeah, early in the month too. Yes, it is. This is the first time we've recorded on the first Tuesday of the month. Yes, and a big day. Something happens on that day. Yeah. <laughs> the... <laughs> RBA, and it happened. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, the RBA caught up as they are want to do mm-hmm. and have again increased the cash rate, which that is typically passed on to uh, lend, uh, consumers. Yeah. But um, I. Condolences. Uh, yes, to all. yes. Uh, it is a shame. I was just getting used to mm. last month's rate, <laughs> <laughs> but here we go again. But um, I did a bit of research and I just wanted to look at the data on this and just see where it kind of lands uh, for kind of the last year and a bit and mm. the last three years. And it's interesting to see that in the past 13 RBA um, meetings, uh, there have been 12 increases now, including today. Yuck. <laughs> yuck Just indeed. Yuck. But uh, that data is pretty skewed because mm. out of the th- past three years, there's also only been 12 increases out mm. of 34 meetings. Right. So it's been... Less yuck. <laughs> well, it's getting there. <laughs> but um, it, it's just wild that they've all yep. come from the last 13 meetings. And yeah. the one that wasn't an increase was just a hold. And mm. that was a that was a sweet day. But yeah. <laughs> the last decrease was November 2020. Wow. Bring, bring, that, bring that back. Yeah, that's what I say. It's coming up soon. I mean, surely. November's a good year. I hope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, today's topic is a little different to usual. But uh, before we jump into it, you up for some Borka talk? Always. Oh, love it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what's going on at the NISA group, Kid? Yeah, a lot. Um, We did a team photo shoot yesterday. We did. That was Um, really fun. Some behind the scenes on Facebook, which Mm -hmm. you can check out. Mm -hmm. Over at uh, Newstead Studios. Yes. It was really cool. which was a lovely photographer that we worked mm, with. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get to use the studio as much. No. Um, we're kind of hoping for that white wall effect, but <laughs> ended up just sitting on a couch for most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice. I can do that from home. What was that, sir? I do that from home sometimes. I do too. <laughs> a bit of a couchman myself. <laughs> uh, but it was good. Good yeah. to a photo shoot. Um, and also currently in training for... Mm. You're in training for a few things. Uh, <laughs> as uh, a team, collectively, yeah. Hoping to do the Function Bowl dry try. What's that? Well, <laughs> you should know this. Uh, <laughs> so it is a team challenge. Uh, so Kate and I are hopefully entering. We just mm-hmm. missed out on tickets, but uh, <laughs> I reckon we'll get one. We'll get on the wait list. <laughs> um, so it's um, a, a team challenge where we do 4Ks on the Skiergy. We do yep. um, 8Ks on a bike and then mm-hmm. a 4K run. Now, my mum asked me this recently. I said I was doing 4Ks of skiing, mm. and she went, where, where is this? Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you going to ski? Um, so just to explain, the ski yeah. or G or the ski oh, yeah. is just like a pull-down rope system. Mm. It's kind of like you're skiing. It's like a vertical rowing machine. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a pretty good explanation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're, we're doing that. Uh, hopefully doing that. Yeah. Um, we just got to try and um, get some scalp tickets or mm-hmm. something. I yeah. don't know if that's how it works, but we'll <laughs> just do our own little dry tribe. We'll find a way. There. We'll yep. find a way. But uh, yeah, training for that. Um, it's just been bloody busy. <laughs> it, it really has. Yeah. We, we kind of thought that it would slow down a bit mm. um, given the property prices, interest rates. But it looks like everyone's just still making moves. Mm, absolutely. Which but is bold. It is. And I'm so glad to be a part of it. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, still all types of applicants out there, first home buyers, investors, um, yeah. all, all sorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Refinances. Yeah. It's just all going on. I'm doing a bit of everything. I, I think uh, I had a conversation with a client today and we were assessing at almost a 6% interest rate and the buffer was nearly 9% mm. is what we were assessing mm. the loan at. And they were saying to me, well, what happens if we lodge this loan and we buy this place and then rates go down? Like, what does that look like for us? I said, well, if that's the case, then you're buying a property in the hardest possible time it is to buy a property. And if rates go down, it's just going to be so much easier for you because we're assessing that you can buy this place at almost a 9% interest rate. It's crazy, hey? It really is. The idea of almost assessing at 10% Mm. and making sure... And assessments basically where we just add a percentage to the actual repayment and make sure you could afford it if rates go up. Yeah. So we're assessing right now with a 3% buffer. Far um, out. It's just crazy. Yeah, wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll just be so sweet when those rates start to drop in. Yeah. I, for one, I'm ready for it. I'm, I don't I'm know about yeah. the rest of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, hot, I think the issue. majority of Australia <laughs> is in the same boat. Yeah, that's it. Um, but we've also got end of financial year coming up. We'll yeah. hopefully do something fun for that as a team. We've got some ideas. Yeah. Uh, Boy, do we have cooking, ideas. Cooking class was the big one. That's Vanilla one. Zulu. That's one. In Tenerife, mm-hmm. making uh, Italian food. Mm. Yep. You can't can, go wrong. You drink and then you eat oh. and you make the food that you eat. That's a great combo. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing I don't think we've mentioned on the pod before, but is our monthly newsletter. Yeah, every month. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been fun. If uh, you're not on that already, mm. I don't know, give us a call. Well, <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just call call the uh, call landline 0730629443 yep. and just say... Send me that yeah. newsletter. <laughs> send but, me all the episodes before. Yeah. We'll send out the whole lot. But uh, it's a great newsletter. It's always mm. got um, our monthly updates, uh, yep. what's been going on at the Newstead Group, and also a bit outside of the Newstead Group as well. So mm. We've been doing it for a while now. Yeah, we it's have. Been out for, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, nearly six months now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been good. Great newsletter. Mm. And... Uh, but yeah, that's mostly what's been going on. We we did a monster metcon, but yeah, mm. you know, it was fun. Yeah, that was good. Forty two k's on the bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of fitness here at the New Estate Group. We, there we is. kind of just, I think we're we're a very balanced firm. We mm. we like going out and having fun, focusing on finance, making sure that's safe yep. and secure, yep. and everyone's doing okay, and then. Going back out and having fun. Mm, it's yeah. um, it's it's a good lifestyle. It's a really good lifestyle. Good balance mm. of yeah, like you said, fitness, uh, things that aren't so yeah. fitness as well. Yeah, <laughs> like going out <laughs> for a beer and yeah, um, and yeah, just servicing our clients. Love it. That's what we do best. Yep. Um, but outside of Newstead Group updates, mm-hmm. uh, there has been a pretty recent update. Um, 
specifically targeted towards uh, mortgage prisoners. Yes. Do you can you can you add on that one, Kate? Yeah, yeah. So we posted um, some stuff on socials about this, and um, we went through a bit of a training session just recently. But essentially, uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, loans coming off their fixed rate. Mm. Uh, the, the term fixed rate cliff has been used. We, we yep. used it last mm-hmm. uh, conversation we had. But uh, essentially, if you're coming off a fixed rate loan and you're on that low 2% or high 1% or e- even if you're on the high 2% and you're about to adjust to some pretty big changes, uh, so what happens sometimes is you say you come off a 2% rate and you go to a 5.5% rate and you try and refinance your home loan. Sometimes your income might not have changed mm. and you're stuck with that bank because you can't afford the new repayment or you can't afford the the buffered repayment, yeah. that 3% that we mentioned earlier. Yes. So what happens is uh, we've been given uh, a bit of a leniency to, to the process to, I guess, a better, for lack of better <laughs> words, free mortgage prisoners. <laughs> so when you uh, come off your fixed rate and you go to a high variable rate and you're adjusting to it, the, you have really little control because mm. the bank can put your rate up and they're stuck with this bank. Yeah, that's it. You can't move to another bank. You, yeah. you can't afford to technically afford that, uh, pay that home loan mm. repayment. So what we do is we now use a 1% buffer mm-hmm. for eligible uh, clients. Yeah. And there's a few few different terms to it. Yeah. But essentially, we can free mortgage prisoners. Mm. We can get you away from your bank to another bank. We might even be able to get a cash back yeah. or some other incentive with yeah. it just to make your life a little bit easier. And that could be a really big difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's a really good initiative. And um, Mm. yeah, of course, like you said, there's a certain or particular eligibility criteria to Mm. see if you um, are able to proceed with that. But I I think it's just a great thing that will give many people who Mm. have evidence they're able to repay the loan, um, they've got that history there, just giving them more options. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. No, fantastic. I think that's great. Um, uh, product selections, uh, variable, fixed, split. What are you seeing? I'm seeing variable, but there has been a lot of conversations about fixed. Mm. We're seeing three-year fixed rates now below variable rates. Yes. So there's a lot of conversation. We're seeing a lot of 5.29s mm. yeah. down to even uh, things like 5.3-ish. Yeah. Um, three-year fixed rates are starting to look a little bit more attractive. Yeah. But... That just means that the banks estimate the rates are going to go down over the next three years. That's right. And you're going to get caught somewhere in the middle with a fixed rate. That's right. And by the end of that three years, you might you know, the banks might be on 4% and you're still on mm. that. Yeah, exactly. You wrote uh, one and a half years at 5.29. Exactly. Um, it's interesting. I've had conversations with uh, three different clients in the last week, uh, very similar financial positions, mm. um, and it gets the part of the conversation to talk about product types. And... They've all chosen different things, fully fixed, fully variable, or a split rate loan, and it's um, and and none of those decisions are wrong or mm-hmm. right. I guess <laughs> it just comes down to the individual and their circumstances. So um, yeah, I, I think it's really it, it is an interesting thing to step back and say, um, I. I'd, Definitely like to do this, or I definitely like to do that. Yeah. E- even when your position might be completely different, oh, completely yeah, similar to somebody else. It just comes down to your own uh, tolerance to risk. And uh, yeah. w- one of these clients said something really interesting to me, and it was, if I fix in and rates go up, and then I come off that fixed rate and I can't afford it, won't that be a 
not great place to be. And she and they they said, uh, wouldn't it just be better to um, kind of ride the wave or <laughs> as it changes, so it's less of a mm. less of a crush when it happens, if it happens. And uh, that was that was just that one client's uh, yeah. view on it. But I, I I just find that really interesting. Yeah. Um, well, well, that's the beauty of the variable rate mm. wave. Mm. <laughs> um, you can always fix it in whenever you want to. Exactly. So sometimes you can ride the wave till you're uncomfortable and then mm. get off, or you can ride the wave and get more comfortable mm. and then stay on. Yeah. So I do see a lot of clients that aren't super confident. If they're not hundred percent confident that they want to go fixed, mm. they just go variable. Yeah. And 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 that's cool because we can always negotiate and do other things that we can't do with a fixed rate loan. But definitely do the math, mm. work it out, yeah. um, look at your options, and yeah, you might come to a conclusion that might not be what you originally anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, valuations. Mine have mostly been fine. I had mm. one that was about ten grand short, but. I was able to contest mm. it, and then it came came good. <laughs> yeah, I had one that was fifty seven thousand short, but True. we were pretty bold on our <laughs> estimate. <laughs> yeah, but um, not anything that put anyone in a tricky no. position. No, no purchase valuations come in short; just refinance yeah, valuations. Okay. Um, so the higher it is, the better LVR. Correct. Maybe the better rates you it, can get. It just pushed us into either a, a different product, or the client just had to contribute more money. Yeah. And um, luckily, we we picked the latter. So yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, Hex indexation that's um, come to town this week. <laughs> that is a slap in the face. It is. It's yeah, gigantic. It's it's crazy. So of course it's in line with um, inflation as mm-hmm. well, like up at that seven point one percent now. But it's such a big blow with, and it's not. So it's people. not tiered across either. It just slaps right on there. Mm. If you log into your MyGov portal, go to your um, tax section, go to Hex, and just look at that fee. Mm. It's it's an eyesore for, for yeah. most. Yeah, um, it yeah. is. Especially doctors, yeah. pilots. Yeah. Um, any anyone's got around that 110k yeah. kind of hex debt, and is a we. It's a real blow. It but, really it's really unfortunate, and um, yeah, I I hope you hmm. sleep well. <laughs> I'm um, too stressed about it. You will pay it off yeah. eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there's talks or efforts to try and freeze that rate for a few years, or freeze even a mm. lower rate for a few years. I think freezing a lower rate would be a great idea yeah. because you're gonna have to earn quite a bit of money to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's um, yeah, that one's not so fun to <laughs> mention, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, but. Uh, so, what kind of applications have you been working on this week so far? Yeah, mostly um, actually, it's a mix of refis and and purchase. Yeah, um, yeah, really, really enjoying it. I think we're seeing with most of the refinances I'm doing at the moment, we're usually taking about 0.5 off or half mm. percent. Yeah, which might not sound like a lot of money, but it does work out to being maybe well, on a five hundred thousand dollar loan, almost twenty five hundred per year. Yeah, it's huge. Plus, on the back of that, we usually fix up the product type. Sometimes fix up the title to, mm. to married name. Yeah. Um, and simultaneously, we might get an offset account or restructure, or maybe remove the offset account mm. if if you're not using it correctly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's you it's been fun. Maybe you're paying that annual fee for no benefit. Yeah, yeah. And with the cash back and everything over the first 24 months or so, it usually works out that we're saving about six thousand mm. dollars for, for clients. On, That's great. Which so is great. Good. Like it's it's not a huge thing, but with our process and how we've gotten a bit faster now, uh, it might only take you maybe. Maybe an hour and a half or two hours mm. of, of actually your work and your time, and to save that kind of money, 
It's pretty sweet. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I've been meaning to uh, DIY yeah. on the uh, refinance <laughs> front. Um, I might try and get to that soon. But um, mm. what, what are you coming across? Uh, very similar, to be honest. Um, mm. Lots of still lots of first home buyers. Um, mm. Lots of local Newstead clients um, buying local Newstead places, <laughs> which yeah. is really cool. Um, but yeah, first home buyers, um, a few refinances, bit of a bit in the investment space as well. Okay. So um, yeah, a real mix. Okay, I'm looking at buying a Newstead soon. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Do you need a hand? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know a guy. Uh. Um, but yeah, investment space, commercial space, I feel like there's mm. still plenty of movement uh, in both of those areas. Um, any big changes that you're seeing? Um, commercial's definitely uh, a, a tricky aspect right now. Mm. Um, with commercial, it's a little bit different. We, we mentioned that assessment rate where we add 3% and yep. make sure you can afford the loan if the economic circumstances were to get worse. Um, however, with commercial, it, it's it's kind of the same thing, but it can be on a higher level sometimes. And there's a lot more factors to, to involve as well, like uh, outgoings of a lease if you're doing mm-hmm. um, an investment loan or mm-hmm. uh, for yourself as your own business, we need to add back the rental income. So there's all these different factors that we look at. And when it comes to commercial, I guess right now we're seeing a very similar thing to residential just in the commercial space. Mm-hmm. Um where, where even those crazy yields that are amazingly good of 6.6 or 7% net yields yep. are still not quite getting investors where yeah. they want to be. Like, you have to put in more capital. Yeah. You're putting in 30 40 50%. Bring to, in more of your own finance, like, yeah. your financial position to exactly. service Exactly. You have to bring in more and more. And before, probably about a year ago, two years ago, it might have been a lot, lot easier. Mm. You might have had to yep. present... Uh, very minor yeah. amount of documents Fewer compared documents. to now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Mm. But um, still movement. Still movement. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like a little all, bit all that aside, we're, we're still doing it. <laughs> um, so if you need a commercial loan, we, we can definitely do it. Uh, yeah. Just be prepared to have a bit of a conversation. Like we're, we're going to build a relationship through the process. Put it that way. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. It is time for round two of the podcast giveaway. Woo! <laughs> yes. So we, did, we did this last month and. <laughs> I know, it was really fun for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> it really was. It's still crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, essentially what we're doing live on pod today, right now, we're going to be running a uh, random name generator and giving $500 to that person. <laughs> yep. One of our clients. Yes. Yeah. One only, of clients. only clients. Yeah. Not, not just random. The same one that one yeah. of us. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to run it. All right. It's, it's really cool. Let's uh, go. Okay. There you go. Uh, it is Stephen P. Congratulations, mate. Fantastic. Uh, that is really, really, really well deserved. Congratulations, Stephen. <laughs> we'll uh, be in touch with the good news. Yes, so we shall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now on to the topic of the episode. Yeah. You ask, we answer. We're just going to answer a bunch of listener questions. Listener questions, client questions, all relevant things that... Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're easy for people to forget if it's not things you're dealing with every day. I haven't read these. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm excited. Cool. I'll um, start you off on the first one. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to be gifted funds for my upcoming purchase. Is that okay, or do I need to provide anything additional? I'm going to answer this one? Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so you're getting gifted funds from family, friends. Uh, depending on the lender, generally you either require a letter mm-hmm. or a statutory declaration signed saying who gave you the money, when they gave you that money, is it a gift or is it repayable as a loan? Yeah. And then also a signature and generally a witness. Yeah. 
So every lender has a different process to this. Lenders like ING might use a actual statutory declaration. Lenders like Macquarie will use a letter that you design. A proprietary letter, Macquarie letter. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a branded letter. But most lenders, you can generally get away with statutory declaration, even in lieu of the lender's document, because that's essentially somebody disclosing Stronger. I did this. Yeah, <laughs> that's their oath. Um, so expect to provide a, an additional supporting document, yeah. a long proof that you've received the funds. And I, I believe as well, depending on the lender, it depends on the LVR, mm-hmm. so the loan-to-value ratio, as to whether you need to provide that at all as well. Correct, but yeah, yeah. It, Usually, it's good practice to have it in all circumstances, it, I feel. It really is, yeah. So if you come to us and just say, I've got this gifted funds and it's 5% of a property's value, can I buy a place, mm. we'll probably go, no, <laughs> we need to see some genuine savings yeah. or you need, a, you need a bigger gift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll, from Jaws? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you the next one. Cool. Um, how does it work if I need to pay lender's mortgage insurance? Is it a once-off payment or is it payable upfront? Great question. So typically we do whatever we can in our power to avoid paying lender's mortgage insurance or LMI. Uh, but sometimes it's payable and it's a necessary evil at times. But uh, if, if it means the solution of getting you into a property sooner or whatever it might be, it, it's just payable. That's fine. Um, so nine times out of 10, uh, well, to, to answer your question, it is payable upfront, mm-hmm. but typically the way that it is structured is that it's actually just added onto your loan amount. So it uh, upon settlement, it is paid to the lender's um, insurer, but um, you're not out of pocket that LMI amount. Yep. It's just added to your loan. And just to be clear, this is usually only paid if you don't put down a 20% or Yeah, typically positive. 20%. Yep. Typically 20%, okay. Yeah, so I think that covers it. It's yeah. technically payable up front, but you're not out of pocket up front. It's just yep. is usually added to your loan. Yep. And if you can afford to pay it up front, out of pocket, <laughs> you'd probably contribute those funds uh, and instead. What, what about if you refinance and after a year mm. and your property hasn't gone up in value and you just paid lender's mortgage insurance, you put down a 10% deposit, mm-hmm. would you potentially have to pay lender's mortgage insurance again? If you're moving to another lender? Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> so, uh, yeah so, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. So pick, <laughs> pick the lender carefully and pay down your property as fast as possible. Yeah. That's yeah. really, really good structure. Tons of tricks to build equity faster and yep. reduce interest payable as yep. much as you can. So <laughs> great, get, in, great get in touch if you uh, want to talk more about that. I could yeah. talk about that all day. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so I'd like to apply for a car loan. Can you assist me with this at the Newstead Group? Yeah. So we don't actually really do in-house car loans. Um, to, to be honest, I just don't really enjoy doing them that much. Yep. Uh, firstly, we have to charge our clients a fee, which is against our a policy, really. We, we're just not into it. <laughs> when Whenever we have to charge a client something, I'm very reluctant, and it's not actually us that charges it, like the value of my mm. charge a fee or something like that. And realistically, uh, our whole mission statement is to basically put you in a better position than when you came to us. So if we're charging you a fee to do a car loan, it's just not going to work. Yep. However, we have now partnered up with a company called Fintelligence, they will charge you the fee, mm-hmm. but they're also really good at doing car loans too, and they have more lenders than we actually have access to. Yes. So you might get a, a stronger deal through through a company like Fintelligence, but just ask us, we'll refer you across. We have yep. a good relationship with them. They'll set you up with what you need. Mm-hmm. We do get paid a referral, mm. um, but at the same time, we keep the relationship with us as exactly. well, so we can give you a hand. Like 
say, for example, if you go to Fintelligence and, and we refer you across to them and, and we, we help you out, when you get the contract or when you get the offer from Fintelligence for your car loan, bring it to us. Mm. We'll, we'll check it out and go, hey, is, is this decent or not? Like, yeah, is this yeah. worth it? Yeah. And if, you see any, if we see anything in there that doesn't look right... We're still credit advisors. We can <laughs> exactly. still run through it with you. We and, just don't write them ourselves. Yeah, and yeah. you know us so well at this point that <laughs> you, uh, you would have that trust with us to be able to say, is this, is yeah. this good? <laughs> I, I still have clients that never actually end up buying a property and they're still renting <laughs> that still come to me and go, hey, is, does this look good, this, yeah. this car loan? Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I work through it. Yeah, I'm, yeah exactly. I'm not not ashamed to say that I will go through a loan contract <laughs> just out of sheer curiosity yeah. and give some advice. Yeah, same. So <laughs> we can definitely point in the right direction and mm-hmm. for people that are great at it. Yeah. So if that's something you're interested in, hit us up. Perfect. Cool. Um, I think uh, oh, I'm, asking, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm asking the next one. Okay. Do I need to refinance to another lender? upon the maturity of my fixed rate period? This you is a don't. Great question. You really don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great time to regather and see what you're being offered, see if you're happy with the lender you're with, um, but you don't need to refinance uh, just because you've come to the end of your fixed rate period. So what happens then? So uh, just say you took out a two-year fixed uh, product on a 30-year loan term, for example, at the end of that two years, uh, that automatically just reverts to that lender's a variable rate product. And uh, chances are it's going to be pretty high. Mm-hmm. And it might not be able to be priced down too far, but maybe it will be. So reach out to us. We can, if you're, if you're happy, if you don't want to go through the whole refinance process for just, just for the sake of it, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I recommend just trying to price it and uh, just see how that stacks up with everyone else at that point and then and then make a decision from there. That's a great response. I, I always have clients coming across to me asking me to, that saying they need to refinance because their fixed rate period's ending, mm. but chances are their existing lender might have a pretty good rate. Yeah. So yeah. always worth exploring that first. Yeah, and this um, next one kind of carries on from that. Mm. Should I refix my loan upon maturity of my fixed rate period? Yeah, and as as Bobby said, it's really depending on what circumstances you come into at the mm. end and what your current circumstances are. Say, for example, you come off your fixed rate, you negotiate with your lender, and they give you this hotshot variable rate that's mm. for new to bank customers and yeah. just give you all this cool stuff and set you up and you've got your online banking portal already with them, yeah. your transfer, transactions are going in, you don't have to do anything. And then you have the opportunity to either refix, refinance, it's it's really up to you. Yeah, like, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, you tell me. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I guess that goes back to that um, original topic we were saying, where some people are more comfortable variable, some are more yeah. comfortable split, some yeah. are more comfortable fixed. So and generally, a lot of the clients that I work with that are on fixed uh, are usually first home buyers. Yeah, because you want to get a budget in place. You you don't want to go from renting with a set cost to paying a variable loan. It's, mm. That's a scary thing. So you, you learn a lot during that one or two years, exactly. and you, you'll learn what you like about a home loan and what yeah. you don't like about a home loan. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think run it past us. We'll we'll go through some stuff. We can't recommend fixed or variable. Mm. We can definitely give you the pros and cons. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, during that fixed rate period as well, a, a lot of things can change in your life. Your mm. Maybe your income has increased significantly and you've just got all these savings that aren't being offset, for example. And there's just so many moving parts to that question. Um, but 
I, I think having a chat with us, if you're really yeah. unsure, you don't know what to do, yeah. we can we can help you with that decision. Definitely. Or give you the information to make that decision. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I'll, I'll ask you the next cool. one. Um, I've been wanting to start the process for a little while now, and now I'm ready. Cool. Yeah. Sounds what, like you. <laughs> what docs will be required? How do I even provide them to you? Oh, great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in short, documents required, it really depends on your position, but essentially, ID, evidence of income, evidence of any existing liabilities, so credit cards, loans, hex debts, like all of that kind of stuff, and your last 90 days of bank statements. Yeah. They'd be the main ones. Everyone's got unique circumstances where maybe they've got something else going on and mm -hmm. you might need to provide this, this, or this. But uh, generally, if that's you, you would know. Yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't yeah, be a, sure. wouldn't be a um, out-of-the-box question. But uh, that's everything we need to be able to give you an idea of your exact financial position. Sure. We, we can give a pretty strong indication from a phone call if you're pretty across what your position is. Some yep. people think they are, but they're not. And others yeah. really do have a good grasp on their yeah. financial position. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, give us a call first. And we'll also kind of deem whether that's a good time for you to get ready or if you need to, I don't know, Yeah, just <laughs> give us a call. But uh, to, the way that you would provide them through it, to us is mm. via file invite. Typically, yeah, uh, we'll send you a link. You can upload some stuff there. Yep, Excel, export your bank statements through this cool nifty tool we have, so you don't yep. have to go and get interim statements for ninety days for every single account. Yep, uh, so it should only really take you five to ten minutes. Yeah, that's a, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Um, okay, so. I'm pretty familiar with the documents required for a residential purchase. I feel like this is a different, um, a different question or yeah. question asker. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty familiar with the documents required for a re residential purchase. But what would be required if I wanted to purchase a commercial property? Okay, sure. Um, yeah, this is an interesting <laughs> question. Um, I'm, I'm just going to rattle off some documents that we usually yeah. see, yeah. but it really varies because if you're buying an investment property, we generally look more at the investment property rather mm. than your circumstances. We look at your circumstance if we need to use your income to service yeah. the property, but generally, okay, I'll go investment. Most of the time, we need the contract of sale. We need the existing leases. We need the full leases, not just extracts. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to know how long the leases are going for, what income's being received, what the outgoing costs are for the building. And we need to know how much money you have and how much you can contribute mm. just to work out what you can borrow. And who needs to pay those outgoings? That's a big one. Yeah, exactly. Like it could be the tenant, it could be the owner. Yeah. We need to work out where those outgoings fit into the picture so we can work out what the net yield is. And yeah. then we work it out from there. Uh, we also need to value the property as well. Mm -hmm. But if we uh, need to use your income for, for the investment property, uh, and this is generally for owner-occupied as well, We'll generally need to look at your most recent two years' financial returns. Uh, if it's a business, we'll need to look at the profit and loss, balance sheet. Uh, we'll need to look at your notifications of assessment mm -hmm. to make sure there's no tax debt. Yeah. Um, outside of that, that's generally the main picture, but it might also include some other things like we might look to look at liabilities mm. or overall position. A lot of the time we can look at your declared amounts, but yeah. realistically speaking, I think that if we need to use your personal income to service the loan or your business's income, Expect to dredge up some documents. Yeah, If you've got a fair bit of cash and you're just willing to put into a project and buy an investment property, 
you might be able to get away with some mm. pretty pretty loose documents. Yeah. Commercial loans aren't governed by the same regulations as residential loans. Yep. So, I mean, I've seen some commercial loans written with a handful <laughs> of documents, like yeah. a but statement. With, with a really strong lease. Really strong lease. Um, but I've, I've heard there's some options out there to, <laughs> to a really light dock. But you're going to need to put in a lot of money. Yeah. You need to chuck in some capital. Mm. You need to really dredge up those savings oh, if you're going to do it. Cross it with something else or just have something, equities somewhere. Some, but... some de-risk factor uh, because commercial loans, uh, as I mentioned before, they're not NCCP regulated, which means it's up to the lender. Mm. The lender needs to make sure they're comfortable rather than the lender need to make sure they don't get audited. Yeah. Um, because if that audit comes in, then they are under regulation. So with commercial, technically... The lender wouldn't need any documents besides verifying you are who you say you are to give you money. <laughs> but they all always have different processes in place yeah. to protect themselves, protect you, just in case. Yeah. So, yeah, you can see some pretty pretty fun circumstances mm, with commercial. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, another one to consider, if that is something you're thinking of, is just... Um, just think about the entity that mm. you're going to be purchasing that through. Yeah. Um, you mean tax advice, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but yeah, definitely seek yeah. <laughs> relevant advice yeah. around that, whether it's in personal names and trust, and, uh, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. And I was just about to clear that up. Uh, by entity, you didn't mean like <laughs> some spectral or yeah. you know, some <laughs> friend Larry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Um Oh, I'll let you ask this next one. Yeah, sure. What is the? Uh, oh, this is a this is a big question. Mm. What is the national day as you record this? That's a great question. <laughs> I was wondering where I'd squeeze that in today. You're, you're uh, into this. One of the you listeners are into these days. <laughs> um, well, that's one of two days uh, that I'm pretty fond of today. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know it's National Yo-Yo Day. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but outside of that, it's also National Applesauce Cake Day. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that was a thing. I've never had an <laughs> applesauce cake. I probably wouldn't. But today's the day. Yo-yos, though. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty good. They are pretty good. Um, thank you, Adam, for our yo-yos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can ask another one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, as rats, rates are so high at the moment, uh, I'd prefer interest-only repayments on my loan instead of principal and interest. Are there downsides? That's a great question. Um, yeah. Yes, of course. Um, I, I, I think I get asked this question a lot mm, as well. And there, there are there are circumstances where interest only makes sense, but mm. I don't think necessarily just because rates are high is a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of uh, a lot of variables to this one. Is it an unoccupied debt? Is it investment debt? Is your intention to hold this asset for a long time mm-hmm. uh, and build up equity in it? Are you holding on to it to uh, benefit from increased value from it? it mm-hmm. There's so many questions to ask. Yeah. That, um, one of the big ones, and during during our assessment of the situation, would be, can you afford the principal and interest repayments when you come off of the uh, interest-only period, and we can only test that so far. We we yeah. don't know what rates will look like when you come off that interest-only period. Yeah, but uh, we can assess it on today's rates with with the assessment rate um, uh, added on. So let's say it's a 
30-year loan term, two-year interest-only period, we'd be assessing that at 28 years principal and interest, essentially, with a 3% buffer in place. So there's no right or wrong there, but um, there kind of is. (laughs) I think think they're looking for a a clear yes or no, do they go to interest-only answer (laughs) on this one, Bobby? (laughs) Well, we'll be having a long conversation (laughs) about that one. Uh, But yeah, definitely downsides. uh, Yeah. Increased risk, uh, for sure, if that's what you choose to do. Yeah. A lot can change. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, alrighty. I'd like to stay with my existing lender, but change products. What is the process? Yeah, two, two different things to that. So, um, if you were to change to an in- investment product, uh, we would just need to do like a, a quick change form. So, mm. you can either call the lender, come through to us. If we can't do it, we'll, we'll pass you on to the lender. But essentially, we, we can run a form that says, I am now vacating the property, it's now going to become an investment, or vice versa, my mm-hmm. tenant's now moved out, I'm moving into the property. Yep. And we generally just need to get some kind of form of identification advising that you are now living in the property or living out of the property. So just updated ID, updated yep. proof of address. Uh, that is a really quick process. The second type of process is if you want to change from a basic product to an offset product mm. or a packaged product. That does require uh, generally a form as well. Um, majority of lenders will have one document that you need to wet sign. I don't know why. <laughs> some do- some lenders will allow a, a DocuSign form, but easiest way is either call us or call the lender. Mm. We'll send you out the required paperwork. And it's generally a pretty quick process. Yeah. I mean, I usually see three to five business days, and I don't know, it's just, it's not super stressful, this process. No, it's, no. it's a pretty easy change, yeah. and... The stakes are pretty low. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. It's, it's doing the right thing. Yeah. Like you're changing products to yeah. something you're more comfortable with. Exactly. Lend, lenders like that. We like that. Yeah. And we'll give you some advice along the way as well just to make sure we think it's the right product too. Yeah, cool. I'm going to uh, merge into this next question as well because mm. it's kind of relevant. No, it's pretty relevant. Uh, I originally had a split rate loan, but the fixed period has just matured. I've now got two variable rate splits. Is there a way to merge these? Oh, jeez. You, you know that I'm working on this stuff. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I wanted you to answer it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so every lender's got a bit of a different structure to this. <laughs> Having two variable rate loans uh, with the same lender, just to be really clear, it generally doesn't cost more money. Um, mm. Some clients have commented saying that they're paying more in interest because they've got two different splits. It's generally not the case if they're both on the same rate. Yep. Um, having two splits is is not uncommon with a construction loan. You've got the building and the construction. But what we can actually do uh, is we can merge those two together. Some lenders have a really cruisy process mm. where we just fill out a form and, and we put it all together for you. Other lenders, unfortunately, don't. Sometimes it does require an internal refinance. Yep. And that's... Which requires reassessment, doesn't which it? Which requires reassessment. Um, it's not really a substitution of security because you're already there, so it's it's not much fun. Mm. It depends yeah, so on the lender. Depends on the lender. Generally, your major lenders will have some kind of form to support you in that process, uh, as long as uh, the eligibility is ticked. Like, yep. e- example, you don't have one fixed, one variable, and then you put them in both together. Mm. You don't have one on a twenty-year loan term, one on a thirty-year loan yep. term. It's it's got to line up so that they can just put them both together and just have a new balance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I can I can imagine why some people would prefer to have it all in one loan instead of yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. It, it makes complete sense to me and um, ease of use. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah cool, cool, cool. Uh, let me grab my question for you. I'm considering expanding my property portfolio and mm-hmm. purchasing a residential investment property. How is serviceability calculated differently for this scenario? 
Well, great question, Cade. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it's assessed pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain factors that uh, do come into this, uh, but essentially we're still... Uh, looking at your income, looking at your liabilities, uh, and just seeing what's left over after after you've paid your liabilities, after your living expenses are taken out for the month, what's left over to service an additional loan. Mm-hmm. So the differences and the, I guess, where we're dealing in the unknown here is if there isn't a specific property that exists yet, we don't know what the rental income is for that mm-hmm. property. So we're kind of always dealing in uncertainties on what the rental yield or what the just rental amount will be per week yeah. or per month. So I think doing enough research in the area that you're looking to purchase in to have a realistic understanding of what the rental income will be will give us a big hand in understanding um, just what's realistic because there's no point saying, oh, yeah, this place will earn 800 bucks a week and then yep. you get a contract and it's valued to earn, I don't know, 600 a week or whatever it might be. Mm. So having a good understanding of that before you uh, come to look at this is really beneficial. Uh, another thing, it varies from lender to lender on how that rental income is treated. So that rental income might be shaded by 10%. So we might be able to use 90% of that rental income. That's really strong. Yeah. Not many can do that. More more often, it's um, shaded by twenty or thirty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some lenders, and we know who they are, who can do the um, the ninety percent of rental income, which is really good. But um, it it's always kind of double stressed because your existing uh, and your proposed debt on that property that has the three percent buffer on top of it, mm-hmm. and then the rental income on the property has ten to thirty percent shaded off of it. That's rough. It is. Yeah. So it um, takes a bit to make it fit, but uh, yeah. unless there's a specific property that you're looking at, uh, we are sometimes dealing in unknowns there. Yeah, and, and one thing just to add to that is the question said, uh, my property portfolio, the first thing I think of is professional investment policy, Yeah, which is if you have a certain amount of properties, uh, sometimes the lender will knock off declared or Expenditure, mm. they will look at your tax returns and go, you're spending this much on managing your properties. Yeah. We're taking this much. Like, yeah, th- dollar this, for dollar. That's it. Yeah. You can't win both ways. You gotta Yeah. So I, I think before you make that decision to to expand, have us review your existing portfolio and make sure it's secure before taking that risk mm. because you might not be able to do it. And yeah. last thing you want to do is just apply and do this huge process where you show all the rental income, everything, yeah. just for a bank to go, Hey, you're saying you're spending Ten thousand here on your properties. Mm. You're spending twenty thousand your last tax return. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> that's do it. it. Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's the uh, professional investor policy, which yeah. I, I think typically is if you've got it varies again from yeah. lender to lender. But like if you've got three or four, or four properties yeah. in the mix, yeah, but, um, yeah, definitely. Or, or if um, your income is there's a certain percentage, but if it's like a like seventy five percent derived from rental income, yeah. that's another trigger. That yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Lots of moving parts, but yeah, I don't know the best. Point of contact is <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah, Give us yeah. a call. It, uh, yeah, cool. So this is a fun one always. Uh, my expenses for the past 90 days aren't the best representation of my normal spending. Will this impact my borrowing capacity? It's like you're using every scenario I'm working <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, it can. Mm. Um, I think it's uh, a lot about conversation here with your broker. We, My first port of call, if you say... 
I've been overseas or I'm, I'm not spending this amount of money. Amount of money. This is not usual. This is not my lifestyle. I look at I need. Uh, I look at another three months before yep. that, or I'll ask for six months of bank statements. If that validates that, uh, it gives me a bit of an idea. Then it's conversation. Mm. Because when we get audited, or when we get reviewed, I need to basically make sure that you're you're safe and secure. Yeah. And if if I can't evidence that you're that that's your expenditure, we get in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my goal is to make sure that I can at least identify to to a reasonable area where your expenditure would normally be. Mm. Uh, six months of bank statements can help if we can kind of chip off the first three months. Okay, let's say you've been overseas for six months, though. That this is all going to come down to commentary. I'm either going to ask you to wait a little bit of time to understand what your your habits are and your, your spending mm. looks like, or you can give me some commentary and we can verify that, do a statutory declaration or some kind of letter. But realistically speaking, we need some substance mm. here. We need some evidence. Our job is to verify bank statements and commentary. Mm. We generally don't like using one or the other. We like to use them both combined. And there is some substance due to the merit of the position Mm. as well. So we we, we take more than... uh, We we take a lot into consideration uh, Mm. to determine whether that is a detrimental factor in your position. Yeah. And and there's here's a really good scenario. So say you're living overseas for six months and you're earning income. You're working in a job over there, you're doing really well, and then you, you decide to come back and live in Australia mm. and you live with your parents for one week, you've got a good deposit, but your living expenditure doesn't reflect that. Yeah. How can we stop you? Like, why would we want to stop you from buying a place when after you've come home? Mm, exactly. You might not want to live with your parents. <laughs> yeah. So we, we will try and find a way to make it work, mm. but we just need to make sure that it's a way that the banks also want exactly, it to work as well. Exactly. And yeah. I, I've, I've had some clients as big concerned in the past as well. Mm. Like, oh, I've got a big car service coming up, or I bought a new fridge from JB. In yeah. the last ninety days, is that gonna is that gonna be bad? Like, <laughs> it's we, a great example. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. we um, take all of that stuff into consideration, and if it's a one off, if it's an annual purchase, if it's a ten yearly purchase, like, like a new a new passport. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we will pick up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a new passport this morning. So yeah, to yeah. work that one in. <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. Yep. Um, okay, uh, I'm wanting to purchase off the plan. Is that cool? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So let's explain off the plan firstly okay. uh, for anyone that's not, not across it. All right. So pretty much you can purchase a brand new property that mm-hmm. exists. It's just been built. Mm-hmm. You can purchase an existing property or you can purchase one off the plan. Hence Sounds the name, good. off the plan. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> um, but essentially, the, the risks involved in purchasing off the plan is the fact that it doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. You don't know how much it will be worth when it does exist, and with whether the bank will value it uh, at the, the amount that you're. The real guy is pretty convincing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and whether it will be worth the amount that you're purchasing it for at mm-hmm. that time. Sometimes these things can take, I don't know, two plus years to be built, and maybe a lot of things change in that time. <laughs> they they can do that. Things haven't changed that much <laughs> over the past two years, have they? But uh, the big risk is. Uh, that you don't have a finance clause nine times out of ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, nine times out of ten, upon completion of the property, mm-hmm. you've got a finance clause upon signing the contract for yep. some reason. Yeah, um, which doesn't really make sense because a big part of finance is the fact that the place is valued for what you're purchasing it for. Yeah. So, depending on your scenario, if you're, I don't know, maybe if you're purchasing 
off with cash yeah. or something like that. Maybe it's less of a risk. Mm. But uh, if you if you've got a small deposit or you've only just got a twenty percent deposit or something like that, it is a huge risk. Yeah. So. I couldn't agree more. Well, We're, I'm pretty conservative as a broker, and mm. whenever I hear off the plan, I always think, what could go wrong rather than what could go right? Because yeah. in all the scenarios I've done off the plan, something little has happened that could have been big or mm. something it was kind of rearing its head at some point yeah. that could have gone really, really wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, could, could not agree more. Yeah, weigh yeah. out the risks. We'll happily talk through those ones with you. Yeah. Uh, in saying that, though, I have done a lot of off the plans, yeah. and a lot of them have gone really, really well. Absolutely. I yeah. just think that it's a long time sometimes, mm. and sometimes it doesn't even get complete. Yeah. Like just recently, I had a client, um, and just the developer just went, "Sorry, guys, can't do it." Yeah. Ex- yeah. He, I know the one. We were yeah. waiting like that. That was like a two-year project. Yeah. Well, and Gabba. Yeah, <laughs> I know the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, I might um, hit these next two in one again. Oh, these are clumping nicely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do I need a solicitor slash conveyancer involved for my purchase, part B, mm-hmm. for my refinance? Yeah, okay. Um, purchase, yes, you do want one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can represent yourself if you're a solicitor. You could probably represent yourself if you're not a solicitor, but I wouldn't <laughs> attempt it. <laughs> Me neither. I would strongly advise you to get some legal representation uh, just because it's a bit of a nightmare going back and forth all the time. It's a lot of paperwork. You don't want to do that. You're already doing all the paperwork for the loan yeah. um, and for the sale and for everything else. So my recommendation is, yes, get a solicitor or a conveyancer for your purchase. Uh, for a refinance, the bank that you're moving to will put their legal team in, in place. So you do have somebody advocating, but it's advocating for the lender. So short answer is you don't require a solicitor Mm. for a refinance unless there's like a court order involved or like you have something pretty, some kind of history there that you need to fix up Mm -hmm. or you got some pretty big change of name details, uh, in which case I'd strongly advise that you get some legal representation. Um, You've lost all your documents in between a certain process and it's required. Mm. There's certain factors that that will require a solicitor for a refinance, but generally if you're just doing a, hey, I want a better rate – or I want a different lender, I need yep. to change, you generally won't need a solicitor. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. I think that covers that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're up. Um, so I'm applying through the first home buyer's guarantee and understand I need to provide my notice of assessment from the ATO for the previous financial year. My income was much lower financial year. Will that be an issue? Uh, last financial year, sorry. Will that be an issue? Not an issue at all. In wow. fact, it's a pretty good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as part of the as part of the first home buyer guarantee, there are income caps in place. So, those income caps are based on your income from the previous year, and it's actually a threshold to not that you don't want to exceed because mm. if you do, you're not eligible. So, I've got some clients that have kind of uh, fallen into these really fortunate positions where their income from the previous year might be significantly lower uh, than what the cap is, which for a single person is Mm 125,000. For a couple, it's Mm 200,000. But it may have been significantly lower than that 125 for the last financial year. But this new financial year, it might be higher than that. That's not a problem at all because mm-hmm. it's all based on the previous financial year's income. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of the best case scenario that uh, your serviceability is stronger mm-hmm. uh, when at the time of applying. And that's really sounds like you're in the perfect position for that um, guarantee. 
So not a problem at all if your income last year is lower than what it is now. One thing to probably note, though, is that um, if they don't change that income cap and it hits July 1st of of this year, so new financial year, you might get booted out of that scheme because your income's gone up. So maybe consider lodging an application now. Mm. Um, That'll give you 90 days, potentially, to to buy a property. But I I couldn't agree more. It's so nice to see somebody's income was under the cap and then you see it Mm -hmm. higher. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's honestly... It's in place for people in that kind of position. And yeah. like you said, yeah. maybe only for that year yeah. or a couple of months is, yeah. is that a window that that can work. But uh, but yeah, it's a great question. Mm. I really like that question. Cool, cool. Um, we might... Well, we've got two quick ones. Yeah. Uh, so my contract of sale has an initial deposit amount and, and an unconditional deposit amount. Mm-hmm. Are these funds returned to me or do they make up my total deposit contribution? Yeah, they make up your total deposit contribution. Cool. Short answer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Upon settlement date, it's all pulled together. And yeah. So if we say uh, in the proposal um, that you need to pay 72000 as a contribution towards the property and you pay $40,000 as your initial deposit and your um, unconditional contribution, yeah. you just need to pay the remaining 32000 yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Can you recommend to, uh, us to a local solicitor, financial planner, Building and pest, real estate agent, and a buyer's agent. Do you even know those people? Do you know that many people? <laughs> Guess what? What? I do. Well, and yes, I can. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, we can definitely help uh, refer you to other professionals within the field. But they probably give you heaps of money as a referral, <laughs> don't they? Oh, they don't. <laughs> even if they want to, we say nah yeah, that's to that. A, that's the ticket. <laughs> Alrighty, last one. Yeah. Um, what services do you offer after my loan settles? Yeah, quite, quite a bit. I think. Um, we're actually working on something now that's going to really list all these services. But essentially, if there's something that you're looking at changing with your loan, whether it be a refinance, whether it be a repricing, uh, whether it be fixing in, whether it be merging the loans mm-hmm. that you've got two splits, uh, whether it be splitting the loan, look, I could rattle off a lot of things, but basically if you need to change your loan or something needs to change on your loan, give us a call. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Something doesn't seem right. You want to yep. reprice even though yep. we should be on top of that yeah. <laughs> before you we pick up the phone. Are. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, just keep in touch. We've mentioned yeah. it on the podcast before, the application process. It You're talking to us each day, uh, back and forth, and then it settles and yeah. it kind of feels like that's it, but yep. it's not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, just pick up the phone, reach yeah. out. We'll always run through it all with you. I see. So great episode, uh, but what's going on for the weekend or the rest of the week? Yeah, not not uh, not too much. Um, I guess it's the start of the week, so it's hard to think of the weekend. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a pretty relaxing weekend for me this weekend. Cool. I had such a busy one last week. It was uh, jam-packed. It, it was, yeah. I went to a rage cage, which is <laughs> new. Um, yep. Yep, did uh, some other stuff. Cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what about yourself? What do you got? Um Recently, I won a trivia thing. <laughs> like a, okay. it was a music trivia night, and um, it was it was called Boombox Bingo, and mm-hmm. essentially it's uh, bingo, but songs play, and you mark off your card if you hear the song play. Sure. And I won, and the prize was okay. <laughs> four Great. tickets to Gabs, which is like an annual mm-hmm. craft beer festival. Nice. Uh, four tickets to that, and a hundred dollars spending money. So. I'm going to go and spend $100 at Gabs. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and try some cool new beers that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. And 
then the Broncos are playing Saturday night as well. So nice. I might go to that after. Yeah. <laughs> very, that, very cool. That's about it for me. But um, I think that's a wrap. Um, I think so. All the usual things. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook at the yeah. Newstead Group. And over on Instagram, we are at Brisbane Broker Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, and Ooh. see you next month. Yeah, exciting. All right. Thank you. Cool. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast to keep up with our latest releases and follow us on Instagram at Brisbane Broker Podcast. The Newstead Group's brokers are fully accredited and operate under Australian Credit License 389087. For our full disclaimer, please read our show notes below and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode.